approaches, origin stories can be similar. I'm a two on the Enneagram, the helper. In my last corporate job, it was difficult to get work done because people would stop by all day to tell me their problems. I joked that I needed a sign up saying the doctor is out. Observing that confident talent in me motivated a friend to ask, have you ever thought about being a life coach? And within days, I was enrolled in coach training and negotiated an independent contractor role so I could work at home while I studied and built my business. Are you an innate helper? Do you love to make it all better when someone is hurting? I bet you're good at it. Coaching attracts people who love to support others. It's a natural fit and That same energy, if not tempered, can cause problems in coaching relationships. Let's talk about that. Find the full episode and other resources for coaches at prosperouscoach.com slash 227. You're listening to Prosperous Coach Podcast, a free resource for new coaches since 2018, created by me, Rhonda Hess. I have a talent for breaking complex things into easier steps, and I love helping you choose a smart coaching niche and launch your business with confidence. I began mentoring coaches in 2006 after five years of training coaches at Coach Training Alliance, where I designed the certification program. Subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a thing, and don't forget to go back to the earliest episodes for incremental learning. Now, let's roll this episode. Hey coaches, you've heard that saying, a strength overuse becomes a weakness. Have you ever noticed yourself using a strength to your detriment and even the detriment of someone you care about? And have you noticed that it is so hard not to keep making that same mistake over and over? If you said yes, you're not alone. Most humans operate day to day on coping mechanisms that have overstayed their usefulness. Their overused strengths keep tilting them off balance in life, and no wonder balance is such a desired state and a constantly moving target. All the smart people I know, including myself, get stuck in the well-worn groove of our gifts and talents, and that strong desire to help others as a default mode can become a trap that works against your best intentions. Don't I know it? I've been a longtime student of boundaries and I'm far from being done learning yet. Really, it's such a fascinating thing to think that when your default desire is to help, it's time to harness that, not to amp it up, but to put on the brakes. Whoa, Nellie. (laughs) Coaches need excellent boundaries to be excellent coaches. What am I talking about? Well, there's this strange thing that happens with coaches, especially those vibrating with the glory of new coaching skills. In a desire to help, they can harm. In a desire to guide, they can misdirect. In a desire to be more valuable to their clients, a coach can overstep. I think you know what I'm talking about. I encourage you to become a student of boundaries. Observe yourself in all of your relationships and notice how when smart boundaries are applied, everyone wins. And when boundaries are too permeable, everyone can lose. So let's get into the nitty gritty and talk about the underlying desire to judge, 
fix, and rescue in those who love to soothe, guide, and advise others. This is what coaches must stop doing with coaching clients. The first one is judging. The second one is fixy. And the third one is rescuing. Let's say you're in a session with a client and suddenly you think you know what they should do. This is what happens, right? Your savvy problem solver jumps in with your rescuer energy. And if you've not yet learned good boundaries, then you start trying to fix your client. I'm really talking about the energetics of this. What's underneath what you're doing? So how can you shift out of this and onto a cleaner path with your client? It's five things, okay? So first, slow down. And second, turn your wise observer self on you. And third, notice your thoughts. And fourth, stop the mouth from saying what you're thinking. (laughs) And five, instead, ask an open-ended question from a place of genuine curiosity and respect for your client. Look, this isn't easy. I failed at it more times than I like to admit. But the truth is you only start feeling you're failing when you realize how you can be a better coach. You fail your way to mastery, right? The rewards of this mindfulness practice are huge. Imagine how much more balanced you will feel when you tighten your boundaries. When you don't have to step in anymore just because there's a wee gap to fill. The only reason I get this, guys, is because I've been there and I'm still there. I'm still working on this. So start by getting it deep into your bones that in the co-creative relationship of coach and client, all are resourceful and whole. It's only by respecting your client and trusting their wisdom that the best of coaching occurs. I know, it seems ironic, but those are the paradoxes that take us beyond the ordinary into extraordinary. Try it out, not only in coaching relationships, but in all of your relationships, and be compassionate with yourself when this feels impossible. Keep at it. Soon you'll be better at this, and you'll be relieved that you don't have to save the day. Stay inspired and make things happen. Thanks for listening today. You are awesome. And it's time for your coaching audience to know that. If you're getting value from this podcast, please share it with other coaches. Your kindness will come back to you. Learn more about how I help coaches choose a smart niche and launch with confidence at prosperouscoachblog.com. Joel Bass wrote my theme music. Thanks, Joel. 